0: On today's Bible Study Podcast, we'll see Jesus' actions in the temple and learn a little bit more about God's jealousy. All this and a whole lot more coming at you now. Welcome! It's Friday and I want to thank you for starting your weekend off with us at Bible Study Podcast. My name is Justin and... And I'm just excited to be here with you today. And as always, feel free to contact me anytime at Bible Study Podcast Justin at gmail dot com. And you, know, you can leave me any comments or prayer concerns or any questions that you may have for me or for any of the other uh, personalities on Bible Study Podcast. And and I'll work hard to uh, either get back to you or send it to the <laughs> the appropriate people there. So uh, I just also want to ask you to keep something in your prayers for me as well. Um. First off, uh, just please continue to pray for me and my lovely bride-to-be, Jin, as we'll be getting married on July 7th. And uh, and then please pray for a new friend of mine, and his name is Hong. Uh, Hong is a Korean foreign exchange student who uh, has become very good friends with us, and uh, he's going to have to travel back to Korea for about two months, and then he'll be coming back to America, so please pray for his uh, safe travel and... As he tries to go there and back and uh, just thank you guys for all you do to support us as a ministry and to support me personally. I, I really appreciate that. It, it means a lot to me. So uh, with that in mind, you know, let's pray and begin. Our Father, we look to you for hope and salvation. Our joy comes from you. Our lives are found in you and, and our time is in your hands. Continue to sustain us and protect us and lead us into your light. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Now, today, I want to pick up a little of what we saw last week and, and continue to push through our uh, journey of the Gospel of John. So, uh, with no further ado, let's read John 2, verses 12 to 17. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother, and his brothers, and his disciples, and there they stayed a few days. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who were selling oxen, and sheep, and doves, And the money changers seated at their tables, and he made a scourge of cords, and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away, stop making my father's house a place of business. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So, as we pick up the passage, Jesus and his growing crew leave Cana and head to Capernaum. Now, a glance at the map shows that this trip is kind of heading towards the northeast, but, you know, when one notices the topography of the land, we see that Jesus did, in fact, go down to Capernaum as Cana was in the hills and Capernaum's down by the sea. So, you know, Jesus is leaving the hills and spending a few days in Capernaum by the Sea of Galilee. No doubt the disciples probably (laughs) loved this as, you know, it would provide some much-needed rest before the true trip, the trip up the hill leading to Jerusalem. Now, as was the custom for all good Jewish people, Jesus was going to Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, the Passover was a yearly festival that commemorated when God's angel passed over the Hebrew firstborns in the last plague against Egypt, beginning the great exodus led by Moses. It was celebrating God's grace in delivering the people from bondage. You know, which was awfully fitting as Jesus, the one who delivers those who believe in him from the bondage of sin, is now entering the scene. This must have been quite an exciting time for these new disciples who, who were following our Lord. You know, surely they had looked forward to this time. You know, this was a time to celebrate, a time to rejoice, a time to hear from their newfound teacher. Now remember, they had only followed Jesus for a short number of days now. You know, this would be the time to hear the great teacher expound the word as no one else could do. You know, this would be a big day. Perhaps they thought back to the prophet Malachi's words, as he told in chapter 3, verse 1 of his book, that the one who would come to purify the nation would come into the temple to purify it. You know, perhaps they saw the crowds and began to anticipate a great awakening of the people of Israel. You know, perhaps they thought of many things. But then, you know, to their horror, no doubt, Jesus saw those selling oxen and sheep and doves in the temple and began to act. You see, the, the Jews had begun selling animals to be used for sacrifices in order to give those who traveled into Jerusalem a way to take part in offering sacrifices without actually having to bring their herds with them. You know, it was a kind of a convenience for travelers. And even though it started out well, you know, as often happens... Some saw that there was big business in this, and and they took this venture and began to change the system a little bit. price of animals began to be gouged as vendors took advantage of the piety of those travelers who had come to worship. The official currency of the temple dues became Tyrian coinage, making those who came to pay have to exchange money to the right coin. And of course, this exchange of coin was stuck with a high percentage fee to change the money. You know, in other words, what was once holy you know, to worship at the temple had now become little more than a racketeering organization. You know, it's corrupt from the top down. This is what springs Jesus into action. As he sees the corruption, as he sees what amounts to the spiritual harlotry of his people, Jesus grabs some cords They most likely had bound animals up for sale. You see, there were no weapons allowed in the temple grounds. And and so he took these cords, these cords that probably held animals, and he fashioned them into a whip. You know, these were leather strips that he basically tied together. And this is what a scourge is. And with it, he drove all of them out. You know, the vendors, the buyers, the animals, everyone. He drove them out by the whip. He poured the coins of the money changers all over the floor. His wrath leading him to flip over their tables and, and no doubt drive them out by force. You know, he turned and he said to those who were selling doves in the corner, he said, Take these things away. You know, stop making my father's house a place of business. You know, assuredly, confusion would have run amuck, and you know, as one can only picture, there must have been chaos as as animals were fleeing from the temple grounds, and you know, one could hear the shouts of vendors shrieking at the loss of their profits and Visitors cowering in fear over the man who drove them out with his whip, you know we can almost smell the scent of this leather as it cracks through there, you know chasing all who wish to do business out. you know one can almost feel the tension of the place you know where hundreds of people were gathered, and they were all in uproar over the work of Jesus, the new teacher on the scene you know it, it's truly chaotic it's it's just crazy going on. Now imagine that you are one of those disciples. What is it you're thinking? You know, I I don't know exactly what they thought, but I know exactly what I would have thought. What's going on? You know, why is he doing this? And it's here that John pulls us back for a moment, and he lets us know what's going on. He lets us know what's at stake. As he notes that the disciples remembered back to Psalm 69, 9, which reads, Zeal for your house will consume me. This is where we want to focus on for our study today. You know, what is this notion of zeal or jealousy, and and how does it apply to God, as Jesus is God? Well, zeal could be better defined as, you know, kind of an unbridled passion towards someone or something. You know, to follow something zealously is to follow it fully and passionately. The word wholeheartedly kind of comes to mind when you think of that. Now, why would Jesus have such a strong feeling towards the temple? Well, the answer lies in the idea of God's jealousy. Now, oftentimes, we don't like to say that God is jealous because it kind of carries a bad connotation. You know, this comes as a result of us confusing jealousy with another term, and that term is envy. When we want something that someone else has and it's not ours, that's envy. You know, when we wish we could have our neighbor's car or their house or their family or their lifestyle or anything, that's envy. Envy, as once been said, arises out of empty hands. You know, we want something that we have no right to. Well, if that's envy, then what's jealousy? Jealousy is the longing to protect and maintain the full attention of that which is yours. You know, in other words, jealousy arises when you feel that there's a threat that something that's yours will be taken from you. You know, perhaps a good example is is that of two men. One man sits across the room and sees someone talking to a woman whom he likes. You know, and he becomes envious toward the man as he wanted the attention of that girl. You know, he wanted to see her. He didn't want someone else to see her. But see, that's envy. That's something he doesn't have. He doesn't have a relationship with this girl, and so he's envious for someone else for having that relationship. The second man, on the other hand, sees his wife across the room talking to a man, and and he becomes jealous of him. Now, why does he become jealous? Because the man feels threatened that his wife, you know, the one whom he does have a relationship with, would choose the other man over him. You see, jealousy has rightly been called the shadow cast by love. When one loves a person or loves a thing, he doesn't want to let it go. You know, it's his. He he wants to keep it. He wants to protect it. He wants to hold on to those things that are his. But when there is a chance that it will be taken from him, he is spurned to jealousy. He has jealousy for the object. Well, that's great and all, but, you know, what does that have to do with God? Well, as as creator of all that exists, God owns all that exists. All is His, and as such, He seeks to guard that which is His. You know, He does this in two ways, which I think are illustrated in this very passage of John 2 that we've looked at the last two weeks. You know, first, He shows His love to those that are His. He shows His grace. You know, to those who believe in him, those who are his people, he protects us, he blesses them. You know, those who follow him, he guards their path. This is what we saw last week, as Jesus provided the good for those who knew him. You know, he turned the water into wine. That was the good thing that he did for those who knew him. However, there is a darker side to the coin. You know, for the same love that causes God to offer us grace, you know, the same love that sends Jesus to the cross to die for our sins so we may follow Him, that same love requires that God show His wrath to those who oppose Him. You know, those who blaspheme His name, you know His nature, His people, His glory, they will have to face His wrath. You know, as, as we saw today, you know, this very example of Him going into the temple and flipping everything apart and ripping apart the market, that's a manifestation of God's wrath. Those people have debased the name of God, and thus, they must be taken care of. He must do it to protect that which is His. You know, so the question becomes, what what can I do? Knowing that God's jealousy is real, how do I react? Well, the first question is, are you one of His people? You know, we have all sinned. We all fall short of His glory, and, and none of us can stand as one of His people on our own. We need a Savior. We need someone who will bridge the gap sin has created between us and God. That Savior, friends, is Jesus. He died to cover our sins and make us a new creation in Him. If you haven't come to Him, please don't wait. The next question is, are you bringing glory to God's name, or are you taking away from His holy name? You see, that was the sin of the money changers and the the vendors they were defiling the holy nature of God's temple. You know, This was to be the place where God resided. This was be, to be the place where he lived. You know, This was supposed to be the crowning achievement. When you looked at the temple, you were to say, Wow, that serves a mighty God. But now it had become little more than a roadside shop. You see, that was the problem. That was the sin that they were having. That's what Jesus had to protect. He had to protect those who were... God's people from those who were not. You know, this is why wrath is needed. This is why God's wrath is manifested from his jealousy. It's because God so desires to protect that which is his own that he cannot let anything else distract them. And you know, when others worship idols, when others worship false gods, when others sin, they turn their backs on God. And in so doing, they influence those who follow God. And so God's wrath it's come down upon them, and you know, it flows from his jealousy. It's necessary. well, how often do we do the same thing as these sellers? You know how often do we claim Christ for salvation, but but live in such a way as to dishonor our Lord and Saviour you know to take away from his name? I encourage you that- if this is you, you know if you've been saved, but you're just not hitting it, you're not doing right. you know you need to change. You know, I encourage you, confess your sin. You know, God says He's faithful and just to forgive you. Please, keep short accounts with God. You know, as His wrath is real, His judgment is true, it will be visited upon those who turn from Him and turn from His ways. So with that said, you know, please let me remind you that that I'm praying for you all. You know, I I don't know how many of you there are out there, and and I know there's a lot, but let me just tell you, I, I am praying for you. That if you don't know the Savior, you will ask someone. Go to a church, ask a pastor. Go to a friend, ask them. You know, email us. Feel free to email any of us here. You can email me at Bible Study Podcast Justin at Gmail dot com. But you know, feel free to email any of the rest of them. Email Matt. Email Toby. You know, you can get their emails off of the website at Bible Study dot org. So just get in touch with someone. You know, I pray that you will see the need and, and you'll respond. And, and I pray that you will be renewed. Well, you know, it's been a refreshing study for me and, and hopefully it's been a helpful one for, for you as well. But our time has expired. You know, so until next time, may God bless and keep you.